Eagles Entertainment. We welcome you, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro, and as I record this, I'm at the Novacare Complex, heading out to Las Vegas, the site of the 2022 NFL Draft. I'll be there Wednesday night, Thursday night, coming back on Friday. Big weekend for the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously. And in this podcast, we're going to cover everything Eagles. As they prepare for a draft that really affords them a great opportunity to vastly improve this roster. Ten draft picks overall, five in the first 101, and of course, those two first-round picks on Thursday night, numbers 15 and 18 overall. What will the Eagles do? Well, in this Eagles Insider podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group, we're going to hear the final word, the very last conference media offering question and answer with Eagles general manager Howie Roseman. I spoke to him earlier this week. And as the team's offseason conditioning program opens, the NovaCare complex is buzzing. The Eagles are ready to attack this draft. So we'll talk to Howie in just a moment here. We're also going to talk to Brandon Graham, who back in 2010 was the team's first-round draft pick. And I wondered just with Brandon what it was like, what the experience was like. So he shared some great stories with me. We'll hear that also a little bit later in the episode. And in our extra point, Merrill Reese, the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles and a self-professed draftnik, will give his version and his vision of what would be a very successful Philadelphia Eagles weekend. But let's get to the featured attraction here. It is Howie Roseman, Eagles general manager. He's been here for a long, long, long time. This draft, critical for Philadelphia. It's been an interesting offseason. The approach to bring in an impact player in Hassan Reddick on defense. Kaiser White, linebacker, who's going to have an opportunity to earn some playing time as an off-ball linebacker. And then Zach Paschal, wide receiver who has a lot of familiarity with Nick Sirianni and the offense and the personality and what he brings to this wide receiver group. Toughness, intangibles, production, size. And then for the rest of the offseason, the Eagles kind of kept it contained, keeping their own. Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, retaining Anthony Harris, Boston Scott. Nate Herbig signed his tender deal the other day. So just a lot of players, Greg Ward, Andre Chachere, players staying in Philadelphia. So there's some roster stability, which we've touched on earlier. And now the Eagles go into the most important weekend of the offseason. So without further ado, our exclusive one-on-one with Eagles general manager, Howie Roseman. It's draft week 2022. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro at the NovaCare Complex. It's our last word before Thursday night arrives. I'm here with Eagles general manager Howie Roseman. Howie, I know it's a super busy time, super exciting, great energy in the building. Um, let's go back, though, first. Uh, first time you were in the Eagles draft room, and where was it? Yeah, 2001 draft, um, the Freddie Mitchell draft, and uh, Quinton Caver, right? Was yeah, it, uh, number two pick, yeah. Pick, mm-hmm. And uh, Derek Burgess, and I remember before the draft, Coach Reed, in his Hawaiian shirt, walked up to me and he said, Roseman, don't mess this up. <laughs> and um, I probably can hear him in my head before our first round pick, too. <laughs> Roseman, don't mess this up. What was your assignment? I was in charge of calling in the picks to New York. 
Um, there was part of me that wanted to make my own picks at that time and call them in, but uh, who knew that 20 years later that you get that opportunity. What is it like for you? How it's been, you know, it's been 11 plus months of preparation to get to this point. What are you feeling? Yeah, I, I think it's fun. You know, um, uh, a lot of people uh, throughout the draft, the, the week of the draft, say you're anxious, you are. Like, we can't lose a game, right? We, all we can do is add. All we can do is get better. And I think the opportunity to get better excites me. Um, I think the whole process coming together and seeing the joy on the faces of our scouts and um, our front office when we make picks is fun. There's juice as part of it. Uh, and then there's the next stage, when they take that next stage, when they come on the field the following weekend uh, for rookie minicamp and then go to training camp. And all, all these guys you just you root for and you're excited to see, whether it's our first-round pick or whether it's an undrafted free agent that, you know, we're like, I can't believe that guy didn't get drafted. No doubt. So what does happen between now and then? Like, is it phone calls? Is it fine-tuning the board? Or is it kind of done? Well, I would say this. There's no change in evaluations at this point. You know, I think some of it's maybe like, um, you know, for me personally, it's, it's a lot of phone calls here just to make sure you touch base with every single team in the league, not only in the first round, but, but later. But as I said, Last week, it's important to know really um, kind of the parameters of trade conversations when you're in the first round because you're trying to do five things. You know, you're trying to make sure you're watching the big board. You're trying to make sure you understand the value moving back, moving forward. And so then you get in a situation where you got to do all that and negotiate terms of a trade. You could do it, you know, and we have done it. But I think it, uh, a lot of the general managers in this league feel the same way about let's, let's understand that. The guy that I like's not there. This isn't going to come into play. If the guy you really like's there, this isn't going to come into play. But if we were going to do it, that these would be the terms. Um, so I think that's important. And then I think for me personally, uh, maybe some uh, of our later guys, just maybe refreshing on a little bit, um, just kind of looking at the reports that we have, that I have, that we're kind of looking and saying, let me just, I, I haven't spun this guy in a while. Let me just see that just to kind of go through it. And then a lot of scenarios, a lot of scenarios. But you know, this week's a fun week. All the scouts are in, and um, uh, there's a lot of energy in the building because of the players and the scouts. And so it, it's uh, a lot of haze in the barn, and you're just trying to make sure that um, you're ready emotionally and mentally for what is a long weekend of kind of being on it, you know. And so um, we'll take the next couple of days, and we'll enjoy each other and have some fun. Howie, some of the hay that you speak of comes in the form of Hassan Reddick and Zach Paschal and Kaiser White. And I would like you to tell me about Kaiser White. He's such a great, engaging personality who, who has all the right things in terms of what he wants to do to contribute to the football team. But I haven't really heard you talk about him much. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, Kaiser White is a guy that um, we had a lot of like coming out of college at West Virginia. And um, he's kind of similar to the guys that we extended last year in that he was playing his best ball goal in his fourth year. I mean, this guy really played an exceptionally high level, and uh, he's an off-ball linebacker who's played inside in a 3-4. He's played outside in a 4-3. Um, he's got tremendous intangibles, but his skill set is what drives you to him, right? And what his skill set is, explosiveness. He's able to take on for a guy that you know was a former safety. You're not ex expecting the shock in his hands that he has to be able to get off blocks. He can carry routes vertically, whether it's tight end, and he's got the change of direction to carry running back. So um, I know that the, the analogy I gave when, when I was kind of talking to some people who did not know him was this is like when we signed Sean Barber. It reminded me in 2003, going back when we signed Sean Barber, of that kind of player, that kind of person um, who we signed to a one-year deal at the time. It, it kind of reminded me of that signing and 
Um, hopefully we'll get the same results. Hassan, I've heard a lot about. How about Zach Pascal? If I said Jason, if I said Jason Avant, would that be at all? Am I, am I allowed to be the sponsor for I'm, Zach Pascal anymore? Please you know? do. I'm just. I'm just I'm, <laughs> no. I want to hear. Our players, our staff. They've. We've all heard about Zach Pascal since our coaching staff came from Indianapolis, and and part of it was certainly about the intangibles that he has and the work ethic and the kind of leadership he brings to a football team. But all that's great. You have coaches for that too. You know, what he brings to the field, he can play inside or out. He's sure-handed. He can run good routes. He's a bigger physical body. And, um, you know, this is a guy for us that, uh, you know, the Colts tendered as a second-round pick last year. So obviously it shows the value to them, even with this coaching staff gone. And, you know, I think it's just another dependable player for us to have him filling. The roster as you see it now, including last year's draft class, which made such a great impact. We got a lot of good players. We got a lot of good people. But we're still building it, you know, and I think from my perspective, I, I don't take this kind of big picture viewpoint at this moment. Um, for me, it's about adding and collecting as many talented pieces as we can as we're kind of building this thing. And I think at some point after the draft, and usually that's Saturday night, Saturday night, I'll, I'll sit there and I may or may not have a drink right next to me and I'll kind of ref reflect on kind of what we had done over the past few days, what we have. Um, and it'll be like one of my latest nights of the year. I'll sit up and I'll just kind of go through all the reports and all the guys, and sometimes I'll kind of flash on a guy a little bit, especially like an undrafted guy. And, and I think that'll be the first time I'll say, all right, this is where I think we are right now before we start our rookie minicamp. Maybe here are a couple of spots we're still looking to add because we're not going to be a perfect team after this draft, no matter what. Every team in this league is still going to have holes to fill after this draft. I promise you. Whoever's going to win the Super Bowl will have a hole to fill after this draft more than one hole, and that's okay, you know, because we still have a lot of time to fix that and um, evaluate our players and kind of go from there. And you've certainly filled those holes in the past. Howie, if you could just explain New Orleans, the trade, and how it benefits the teams. I know you, this team, you touched on it a bit with the fifth year, but just so the fans really understand what that means for the Eagles moving forward, why did you do the deal? I think, one, from, from our perspective, um, we wanted to make sure that we continued to have resources and be in any deal. You know, if there was a player that's available by, by trade going forward, you have those kind of assets. And when you have those assets, sometimes you're the first call to those teams when they're talking about player trades. They're going, hey, that's a team that had for us, you know, three first-round picks. Let's see what we can get from them. Um, and so I think keeping us in the game from that perspective, having the flexibility to – to know that, all right, we feel like we have a good sense of this year's draft. We had a little preview of next year's draft, but we don't know all that can come out. And so some of that unknown is also a positive. You know, who's going to come out next year? Who's going to send next year's draft? And now you have two first-round picks and two straight drafts. And I think that's exciting. I think that's exciting from a front office perspective to be able to kind of dip back into it and have the flexibility to do that. Um, and so we felt like just based on what we had in this draft, what we were looking at going forward, then looking at it and saying, like, if you hit on all these guys, you know, now you have three fifth-year options that is usually a pretty big number, no matter what position you're talking about. That's a one-year deal. Now, you can extend those guys before, but, you know, extending guys has to work both ways. You know, it's got to work for us. It's got to work for the player. So, you know, if you went into that last year, that fifth year, and you had three fifth-year options, that's going to really kind of tighten your cap, no matter what the cap is going to be. You know, those numbers, I think, a lot of positions right now are 15, 16, you know, 13, 14 million dollars. So you think about that, that's three one-year deals, somewhere around 45 to 50 million today. So what's that going to look like going forward? And so we kind of took it all and said, 
You know, it hurts to give up a first round pick, sure, but um, we felt like for where we're trying to build this thing, um, it was the right move. Okay, you're going into this draft, you've got two first round picks, you've got five in the first 101, 10 picks overall. What is the mindset of the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, flexibility, you know. I think um, you can go in with a great plan, but if you're not flexible to change and see opportunities, whether it's going up, whether it's going down, whether it's a player you'd anticipate being there, um, I think I think you limit yourself, and so I think you go in with, hey, this will be a good outcome, but you have to be open to very different outcomes because um, if you go in and just say, hey, you know, this is the player that I'm going to take, and it doesn't matter, I think it limits your flexibility to be able to go and say, wow, I didn't know this guy was going to be there. We we did all the work on this guy too. Like that, that's another good option for us. So. Um, you know, I think as many meetings and as many scenarios as we go through, we have to be flexible. We have to be open that something's going to happen that we didn't anticipate, and we'll be ready for it. Great. Howie, thank you so much. Good luck in the draft. Thanks, buddy. You too. Brandon Graham is the longest tenured athlete in Philadelphia professional sports. That means something. A Pro Bowl player, an All-Pro player, a Super Bowl champion, coming off a very tough injury, Excited to get back on the field in 2022. But back in 2010, right around this time, Graham didn't know where he was going to end up. The NFL really didn't know what to make of Graham. Was he a stand-up edge rusher? Was he a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end? So BG is here to share his story of what it's like to be a first-round pick in the NFL. So 2010 draft... BG, we always wonder what it's like for players. Um, a, what was it like all those months before the draft? How was it nerve-wracking? Was it fun? Was it what was it like? You know what? It was fun, nerve-wracking because of all the meetings you had to go to. But um, being in this position where I got drafted in the first, it was all worth it. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, like I was telling a lot of guys. Um, now it's like, man, just. Tell the truth, whatever you do, man. I mean, because own, own whatever it is that you, that, that's your past and, and move on from the future, man, because you're you in a great position. Uh, this time will fly, will fly by, as you know. Uh, it might not seem like it now because it's so much you're doing, but, yeah, just make sure that you enjoy it because, man, I'm, I was telling them I'm going on 13 now, and it's like, man, dang, I'm just enjoying every day now because, like, I ain't got it. Like, I don't know how long, how much I got left. So you finish your football season at Michigan, and do you immediately then go into preparing for the draft? And what do you do? Yeah, so as soon as you get done, um, you know, you, you found, hopefully you found the agent by that, by that point because um, things just start speeding up or kind of got an idea who you, who, who you want as an agent. So I had my boy kind of um, vetting everybody, and, you know, I ended up only meeting with three, uh, the top three that he felt was good. And so um, talk with them. Got made my decision, and then bam, that's when the training start, and then that's when you start getting invited to different things. I got invited to the Senior Bowl. I did that first. Uh, that's like almost immediately after, like the month after. So you go down there for a week, you work out, uh, get ready for the game, play the game. I end up getting MVP of that. I think that's why why I'm here, cause you know I had a really good game and uh, really gr great week. And uh, the first time meeting Swartz, being in that defense, that was perfect uh, for what I do. So that helped me out. And then, um, yeah, man, like you just got to go to the combine. I pulled my hamstring, uh, my second 40 that I ran, so I didn't get to do the drills. So I had to wait till pro day. Thank you. I had to wait till pro day to get to um, 
you know, um, till, till they can see me do the drills and stuff. But yeah, man, like, um, it was it was a whole bunch of meetings. I remember meeting with 30, uh, not not the, uh, 26 of the 32 teams, and they all was like 15 minute meetings when I was at the uh, combine. But you know everybody was pretty much saying the same thing over and over. Uh, just wanted to see uh, pretty much how I learn ball and all that stuff. And you know they just want to learn you, learn who you are, uh, see what they know. If some of it is true and what was the reason why you got in trouble here or what happened here, you know, and I didn't really have much, but it was just like little things that kind of, dang, okay, I didn't know that was going to creep back up on me. Like college stuff? Like, yeah, like, so- oh, they went back to my middle school. Uh, I remember I had middle school teachers talking to me. I think they just want to find a pattern to see, you know, what kind of guy I really am and stuff like that or what I, where, I, where I came from, you know. So uh, it was cool hearing some of, from, from some old teachers that were still in, in places that I came from, and they told me that they had a couple scouts come in and ask some questions and stuff like that. They felt like they was a celebrity today. <laughs> yeah. BG, I mean, tons of questions, right? Like, was it... Were they insulting questions? Did you feel like they were personal questions? Yeah, you had prepared for your agent had to get you ready for it all, yeah. right? Like, but you're a young guy. Yeah. Was it tough to hear all that stuff? Uh, you know what? If you're still trying to hide from yourself, yeah. Like, I felt like I embraced who I was at that time, and I was learning who I was, too, because when you was hearing some of the stuff coming back, you know, it was some stuff that I wasn't proud of, but at the end of the day, I wasn't that bad. I wasn't that mad of because I really didn't. I really wasn't a problem child as much. Um, you know, sometimes I just get caught up with the wrong people, but it wasn't really, that, that's what I learned. Like, learn how to, like, you know, just stop being a, a, a yes man and, and learn how to have boundaries with people and learn how to just be be real on, like, you know, like who I am and what some, what some stuff I'm not gonna stand by uh, to, to get myself in trouble. So you have this great week at the Senior Bowl. Did you feel like that was going to be your ticket to a first-round pick? Like, did you feel after that week that you were going to be a number one pick? Uh, I still didn't. You still don't know. But, you know, I know my, my agent. I remember my agent saying you just made you some money, you know. And so I, I was excited about that. I knew I was a first-rounder slash second round. So I'm thinking if I did go, I was going to go in the, in the top 20 ram. I thought, like, man, if I could. Like, man, if I could get up in the 20, boy, ooh, that'd be nice. And, you know, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at the money slots, like, at that time, because we didn't have no caps on, uh, like, what we got now. That was the last year before they actually went to the new CBA of, you know, it's a slotted on what it is now. And so, um, yeah, man, I was, I was following that, seeing how much I would make at every pick, just seeing that if I was to go here. But uh, I felt good about where I was, man, because, Either way, I just was like, man, I'm happy to get drafted high regardless. First, second round, don't matter. Whoever get me, I'm going to make up for it by, by my play. Did teams have split opinions on whether you should be a linebacker off the edge or put your hands in the dirt? Yeah, they did. So I, I did both uh, at the pro day because I couldn't do it at uh, the combine because uh, I pulled my hamstring. But uh, the pro day, I did D-line work. Boy, that was a beast. Because uh, it was like nonstop rapid. And then um, then I did linebacker work after that. And I didn't really do too much. In the, like, I did a lot, but they, they knew I did a lot for the D-line. And so, um, yeah, man, but with me doing that, uh, I remember um, my agent, him and Brinston Buckner, that was one of his first clients. And me and Brinston worked, worked out a lot. And he was showing me how to use my hands and, and bring the fight to the guy quick and do little stuff that was going to help me uh, in that. And so some stuff came up that helped me because I worked with him. And so I was happy about that, man. It was, it was, uh, it was a lot 
but uh, it was it was nothing that I wasn't used to because I was already training for it. Did you do all of these visit teams all the way through up to the draft like they do now? Yep. So um, once I got done with the um, once I got done with the the combine, it's a peri- and then my pro day. Uh, it was a time where you know you get these visits, and I went to Atlanta first. Atlanta to Tennessee, Tennessee to Denver, and then Denver to the Jets. And so uh, this was all in like a four-day span right there where it's like you go in. uh, I went in at night for uh, Atlanta, got in late. So I spent the night. That next morning I was there till 12, flew to Tennessee. Uh, I got there quick because it wasn't far. And then I went straight to the facility. and then I flew out that night because all they, they didn't really want me too long because uh, I ended up getting there around like 2, 3 o'clock. So I stayed to about 7, then got out at 8, uh, flew to Denver, and boy, like it was like I spent the night, woke up, did all I was supposed to do, and then I stayed there a little long. And so I stayed from Denver, uh, and then I went to the Jets. I got there at night, spent the night, and then the last thing was with the Jets. Uh, that's when... Um, when um, What's the name was there? Uh, Big Boy. Um, dang. Ryan? Ryan. Yep. And so, um, yeah, when he was there, and Tannenbaum was the uh, the GM at the time. Yep. You can't work out during. I mean, that, that's like a, people, you're eating a lot of food. Like, you can't work out. You can't. You kind of get out of your rhythm, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do get out your rhythm because you, you, ain't, you ain't working out. They just come, they just want to see you. See, you know, and, and, and I don't know what else uh, kind of come with it. I mean, I did a... I did a physical, all that little stuff. Got to see the facility, ate there. Uh, You know, the Jets facility at the time, that's when they first got the glass facility that they got now. And man, it was was a great time, Uh, great experience. So the draft arrives. Um, where were you the night of the draft? Did you have a big party? What was it, what was the scene like for you? So the draft uh, was approaching. Um, I stayed at the. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go to New York because I didn't know if I was going first round or not. It wasn't for sure. But I know that um, I just wanted to be at home, comfortable with my family, and we had cameras just in case I did go in the first. And I was at the Townsend Hotel in Birmingham, Michigan. Uh, it was me, my wife, my mom, dad, uh, mom, sad, dad, sad. It was like an intimate group of people. And, man, we all just uh, sat there, uh, was excited. I remember us just having a toast to, you know, just, a, just to life, you know what I'm saying, because just being in that position was just a great experience for my family, too. And so we enjoyed that. And then, man, when they called me at 13, boy, it was so crazy because I'm thinking I'm going at 10 because Dolphins was picking, and I knew uh, Steve Ross loved Michigan players because uh, Jake Long had went number one and all this stuff. So I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, man, I'm about to go to Miami. Dang, it's going to be crazy. They didn't. They picked Tyson Alualu, I think, uh, or – yeah, it went to Jacksonville, I think. Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Jacksonville. That's what it was, too. Jacksonville, too. That was the coach who was working me out on my pro day. I thought we was going there, too. But they end up uh, – I think they traded that pick. Yeah, because uh, who uh, – Ryan Matthews went before me. Yes, Ryan Matthews, right yep, back. Yep. yep. Uh, but where'd he go? He went to San Diego, San right? San Diego, yeah. Yep. And then once 13 came up, I seen Philly traded, and then, boy, my phone blew up. And my uh, – it, uh, it was Howie. And Howie was like – What's up, BG? Man, you we gonna, we gonna take you here at 13, man. Um, we're so happy uh, to draft you at this spot, man. We really, um, you know, uh, can't wait to can't wait to have you and all this little stuff. And then, you know, I think Dave um, uh, Banner got on, and then Coach Reed 
and then I talked to Coach Reed for a little bit. And then, boy, I just couldn't believe it. And so we had to get ready for the cameras so we can get the reaction. So I had to, you know, kind of, I already knew what was happening, but when they actually made the pick, they showed my family and I was just jumping up, hype, couldn't believe that I actually made it. Um, you know, 13, man, and it was just, it was just a feeling that I can't even explain unless you have been through it. It's like, man, I can't believe, like, is this real? It's like almost like it's fake, almost. Yeah, people say it's the greatest day of uh, professional life, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, um, I mean, especially if if you if you have if you have a great career starting off. Even though I, I still try to say, you gotta you gotta take it you gotta look at it like, you know what, I made it to this point. Whatever happens at this point, I made it. You know what I'm saying? Like I accomplished a goal, and now it's just staying in, and that's the hardest part because you gotta turn it up even more. You can't just get complacent with where you at because you made it because now somebody want to come get your spot and this what we say this is the last level that you can go to so if you don't make it at, if you don't make it at this level it's over so yeah and then last one bg after that it's like to work bunch of media you really don't have a time to just sit back and, and celebrate do you yeah so when you, as soon as you get drafted uh the next day you fly to your team um you go uh have like, you know, I had uh, Harold Carmichael pick me up from the airport. We drove across the uh, Platte Bridge. Uh, I remember him taking me to get my first cheesesteak first before the media because they were still trying to wait to see. I mean, you know, it was just a timing thing. They wasn't ready for me yet. And as soon as I ate my little cheesesteak, we went up to the facility, uh, met, the, met all the media, said what's up to everybody, um, you know, and they, they, they grilled me good for a little bit, but... Uh, and then I think I went, I had went over to Ike Reese. Yep, I went to, I had just met um, Howard Eskin. Uh, and I think uh, Ike Reese and him was both had a show at the time, but they was at um, the stadium uh, right there at the pro shop. And we went in, we uh, was outside the stadium. They had a whole tent set up. We, we did an interview over there. Uh, took some pictures, uh, professional pictures with my number one jersey and all that stuff. And then they ended up just sending me home. And I, they was they were saying uh, rookie mini camp was the next thing I was gonna come to, and then I ended up having to graduate. I had my uh, graduation that weekend of the rookie mini camp, so I went for the first first day. Then I left. Then I came back on the last day, you know, so I can graduate and all that. And so that was cool. They they worked that out, and then after that I was just here. After that, it was it was on. In this week's extra points, who else to go to but the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles? A little Q&A with the great Merrill Reese. Merrill, the draft is upon us, and I know that you are a draft, Nick. So tell me what you would love to see the Eagles do and some Merrill Reese favorites in this draft. Well, I'll be as, I'll be as uh, practical as I can possibly be. I'm not going to throw out names that I know positively won't be there, like Aiden Hutchinson or, or uh, Thibodeau, Thibodeau. I'm not going to go into that area. They're going to be gone. Uh, Trevon Walker is going to be gone, but here, here's what I would love to see. I would love to see them sitting there at 15 and have Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia fall into their laps. I think he is a difference maker. And what they need is a difference maker at the line of scrimmage. I would like to see him be the pick at 15. And then I'd like to see them go back to 18 and get a wide receiver who I really love. And that is Traylon Burks of Arkansas. I've watched him a great deal. He is a game breaker. He is a wide receiver in a tight end body. He might not be as fast as the Ohio Staters or 
Johan Dotson from Penn State, but he is a big-time playmaker, and he would be a great, great compliment to Devontae Smith. Merrill, the rest of the draft, there are five picks total in the first 101, nine of the ten selections in the first five rounds. What other positions do you see that the Eagles should address? Well, I think they, uh, when, you, when you're talking about positions of need, I think they have a needed corner. I think they have a needed safety. And I always think they have a needed linebacker. The linebacker who I like the most, and I know all about the Kobe Dean, and I think he's going to be very, very good. But the, the one that I have watched is Devin Lloyd from Utah. He's got the range. He's got the size. He's got the, the strength. He's got the instinctive ability. I think if they could find a way to get Devin Lloyd, that would be tremendous. Merrill, how much stock do you put in the value of day two and three in this draft? Oh, I think they're always important. They may not raise the headlines. There may not be any uh, guys who are on the tip of your tongue or who become household names. But we know from years gone by how big those rounds are, how you can make them count over the years. We're a sixth-round pick. or a seventh-round pick. or somebody, look, one of the great players in Eagles history, we will all agree, Jason Kelsey was not a day one pick. Jason Kelsey has gone on to a phenomenal, phenomenal, possibly Hall of Fame career. So when those guys are out there, you've got to recognize them, and you've got to be very, very lucky. I remember years ago, I complimented Dick Vermeil on picking Wilbur Montgomery, who became one of the franchise's best running backs. He said, believe me, if I knew that much about Wilbur Montgomery, I wouldn't have waited till the sixth round. And I'm sure Belichick could tell you the same thing about Brady. It wasn't great drafting. It was a mistaken evaluation by everybody else that lasted him to the sixth round. So what will make you happy walking out of the Novacare complex late Saturday night, Merrill Hell? How will the Eagles feel? Um, you know, how will Merrill Reese feel walking out after 10 picks or however many Howie decides to make up with it after all the trades that we, we all anticipate something's going to happen. We always do. I can only tell you, Dave, that I hope I feel as happy as I did last year because I thought that 2021 draft was exceptional and it turned out to be. I mean, you just look at the first four in that draft and you look at Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson and Milton Williams and Kenneth Gainwell. That's a terrific, terrific draft right there. Duplicate that and I'm standing and applauding. Hey, make sure you're with us throughout the weekend. We've got you covered like no one else. Philadelphia Eagles draft 2022 starts on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eagles draft central presented by Dietz and Watson. I'll be in Las Vegas. We'll have Gabriella DiGiovanni, Ross Tucker, and Fran Duffy here at the NovaCare Complex. That begins at 7 o'clock. And then as the Eagles make their picks, Instant analysis, press conferences, live reaction to the selections. The Eagles with the 15th overall pick and the 18th overall pick. But as you heard Howie say, hey, anything can happen, and this football team has to be ready for all scenarios. So we're live on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, as well as our official team app, as well as social media channels Thursday night, again on Friday night, and then throughout the day on Saturday. So be with us. And follow as the Eagles enter a very, very crucial and what should be an incredibly productive weekend. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks so much for joining me 
On this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, thanks to Peter Kelly for putting it all together, Ray Doyle for his work in production and marketing. Thanks to all of you for joining us each and every episode. Make sure you give us a review. We love those five stars. There's a link in the details section of your podcast library. I'll be back with more after the draft as we sum it up. What will the Eagles do this weekend? Stay tuned. We've got you covered here. Can't wait to see how this football team attacks the draft. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!